fill out a form and put money in it and join a team. This is just a reminder that we as a church believe in tithe and offerings, um, but we just don't hand the bucket around the church because it's a scary thing. Uh, we believe it's a faith seed or a faith plant from you towards God. And so if you believe this is your house and you call Hills your home, the faith seed box at the back, um, feel free to use it. Um, and there's also a join the team card. If you're not part of a team, I want to encourage us to join a team this year. Uh, we need as many hands as possible because there's a community in a city that needs to be saved and it cannot be done by just myself. It has to be done by a team. And so if you're not part of a team, join one. If there's not a team on there that you want to join, but there's an other option, write that other down and put it in the faith seed box at the end of the day. Everyone good? Make sense? Cool. How's everybody? Everyone all right? Everyone all right? Who's had a trialing week? Anyone trialing week here? No, any trials? Difficult week? Great week? Okay week? All the above? Hard out. All the above. Awesome. I encourage you this morning if you have a notepad or a pen or, or phone, I encourage you to write notes this morning. Um, it's not going to be a very too long message. I just believe it's a message for us today. Um, but let's ask Holy Spirit to come. He's already here, but I just want to ask him to really dig deeper in our hearts. So Father, we open our hearts towards you. And open our hearts towards your word. It's not Jordan word, Jordan's words that transforms people's lives, but it's the word of God that does. And so, Father, we just ask that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Um, so, last week we did Vision Sunday. Everyone here for Vision Sunday, I want to encourage you, if you haven't, uh, we weren't here last week to listen to it. It'll be on Spotify soon. <laughs> They're trying to find it. <laughs> um, and we talked about our theme, um, theme for this year, which is here and now, um, that we believe that we serve a God of the here and now, that God wants to perform miracles, that God, want, God, God wants to encounter our lives here and now, um, that when, every time that Jesus came into a city or into uh, a place, he wasn't telling them to have salvation someday, but he was, having, he was telling people, have salvation today. I'm here. There's everywhere in the Gospels, he was bringing salvation in that moment, not somewhere sometime later. And so it applies to us today that we, um, the same God then is the same God now. And so um, here and now. Everyone all right? Talk to me. Okay. Um, but I was having um, thoughts this week, and um, it, it's applied every year, but we live in times of distractions. Can you agree? We live in times of many options. Can you agree? We live in times where there are many truths. We do. We live in times, I, I don't know how many times I hear in celebrity, it's my truth. Oh, come on. Your truth is flawed because you're flawed. My truth is flawed because I'm flawed. But when I hang on to the truth who is Jesus, Yahweh, it remains the same. It stands firm. It's founded on the rock. We live in times where things, that the things of God can be replaced. 
Can I get amen? No, no amens? The things of God can be replaced. We live in times where we can neglect the fellowship of saints. <laughs> we live in times where reading your word is an afterthought. We live in times where prayer is the last resort when things go rough. Can I get an amen? <laughs> when things go rough, prayer is my only weapon. Oh. Some of us right now are facing struggles in our faith. And if not now, you are going to face struggles this year. It's inevitable. God never promises us with a life, a life without struggle, but he does promise us that we will overcome the struggles of life. Can I get an amen? He doesn't promise us a life of happiness, but he brings joy within our lives so that we can have joy throughout dark times. Are we okay? Happiness is a feeling. Joy is the spirit. We have too many happy people, and then when things go awry, they're not happy anymore. But we stay firm in everything that we do. Why? Because we have the spirit of God. Because the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy. The reason why we can love our enemy is because not of us, but because of the spirit of God. And so God never promises us a life without struggle, but he does equip us. And that equipping is not just on a Sunday or connect group, but that's equipping through the word of God that we read every day. No amens. We should read every day. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is a famous chapter that talks about there's a time for everything. I'm not going to go through it because it's a long chapter, but it talks about there's everything for every season. And I want to tell us this morning that there is times for struggle and it's just part of life. It's not because God hates you and, and the devil's after you. It's just part of life. And when looking at my life, there have been many moments where I wanted to give up. Maybe going, oh, Jordan, what are you talking about? Like, Yes, there have been many moments, even today, where I want to give up. And I want to ask this question, have you ever wanted to chuck in the towel? Anyone in here? I'll put my hand up. Have you ever wanted to walk away from the faith? Yep, I wanted to. Hand on heart, there have been many moments in my life where I wanted to walk away from the faith. There have been many moments in my life where I wanted to chuck in the towel. Being a pastor is hard. Being a Christian is harder. A pastor can hide behind a wall. Christianity, you can't hide anywhere. And the thing is that you're not less of a person because you have felt or done those things. It just makes us human where we need Jesus more. The reason why we've got a struggling world is because they need Jesus. The reason why we struggle in life is because we're human and we know that we need a Savior who is Christ. Um, but I've come to this crossroad of thought. This is just my thoughts this week, you know, like just going through thought, praying over you guys and just praying over the city and just really thinking about just life in general. And I've come to this crossroad where I know many of us will face, have faced, or facing this right now. And it's a statement from a Jewish scholar, but I'm going to use only the first part. But the, um, the, it's a quote, a famous quote, you've probably heard of it, and it's the title of my message, and it's this. If not you, who? If not now, when? It's from a Jewish scholar. But I'm only taking the first part. If not you, who? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, if not you? You've got to turn to your neighbor. If not you, Who? If not you, then who? Have you ever thought about the statement as a born-again believer? If not you, 
Who? You know, this week I felt compelled by the Lord to speak on this because in the spirit, I felt like I saw people at a crossroad in life either not making a decision or making a decision that not counting the cost. Like I saw like a people, and I'm not specifically talking about you guys, but I saw people, Christians, believers, at a crossroad in life where they're not making a decision or they're making a decision that, and not counting the cost of that decision. And you might be going, what do you mean? I'm going to explain it in a minute, but I want to bring it out of the story of Moses. I'm not going to read the whole chapter of Exodus 3, but I do encourage you to read your Bible. Can I say that? We're not here to read the Bible for you. We're here to take Scripture and say, how can we play, apply that in my life? So I'm going to just read from verses 10 to 11 in Exodus 3. And it says this, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. In this moment, this is God talking to Moses. Hey, this is what I'm calling you to do. And then Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? This is the moment where he fled Egypt. He did something bad. And he's just hanging around, looking after animals, and he's, God's having this encounter with him and saying, Come therefore, and I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people out of Egypt. See, the things with the Bible, which they didn't have back then, we know the end story, right? We know the end story, and it's easy to come to conclusion because we know the story. But let's look at, look at it um, uh, at, at it like we haven't read the Bible. Let's look at this verse like we haven't read it. And it, if you haven't realized, in Exodus 3, 10 to 11, there's a crossroad that takes place for Moses. There's a call of God that God calls him to, but then he goes, who am I to go there? crossroad. Moses' life from the, from the time of birth was meant for greatness. Are you right? If you know Moses' story, you knew at the time of birth his life was meant for greatness. The hand of God was all over him even to this point. Even when he ran away, the hand of God was still over him to this point. Even though he killed a man and he fled, God still had a call upon his life. And you know what? That includes you. Can I say that? That includes you. You may have fled God. You may have walked away from God. You know, whatever it may be, God still has a call for your life. Amen? I, I believe that. doesn't matter how far you're away from him, God still has a call for your life. You see it throughout the whole Bible of the many great men and women of God walking away from God, but God still calls them. Are we Okay. So you see Moses in this point in Exodus 3 at a crossroad. He has given a word from God and what he's called to do, but then he had his own insecurity weighing into his decision. And anyone here facing insecurity sometimes when it comes to decisions of the Lord? When God says, do this, and in your heart you're like, oh, no, I'm not the right person. Have you ever said that? Oh, no, nah, man, you don't know my past. Oh, no, nah, I've been away from you for so long. Who's made those excuses? I've made those excuses at times. But Lord, you don't know what I did back in the day. Oh, he knows. He created you. But you know what? I can confidently say for some in this room or even listening online when they go on Spotify that many of us are at the same crossroad like Moses where God's called you 
but you're weighing in decisions of your insecurity in this matter. God's saying, I'm calling you to a people, and you're like, nah, nah, <laughs> wrong dude. It's that guy in the front with the, with the mic, it's that guy. But God's like, no, nah, I'm calling you. And But many of us, I saw, I just really saw that people had a crossroad in life, and God's waiting for them to make a decision. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but if I'm talking to you, I want you to listen very carefully. God's got a call over your life. If God still had a call over Moses who killed a man and fled, he's got a call of life for you. If God could use David, even though he committed adultery, and then the person he committed adultery with killed the husband, I'm sure God can use you. But let's look at the Moses' crossroad. He got a call from God, but then his feelings and all that weighed into the decision. And so what was the title of my message? If not you, who? Now let's look at Moses' crossroad. Have you ever thought, if not Moses, then who? Meaning this, have you ever thought, what if Moses didn't take up the call? Because we know the whole story. The Bible tells us. But what if we didn't know the story? What if Moses didn't take up the call? Because at the end of the day, we have free will. God's not going to force us into his will. He invites us, like this invitation where he's having this conversation with Moses. But what if not Moses? What if Moses said, nah, not me? What if he carried on with this conversation and said, nah, not me, God? Have you ever thought about that? Have you thought about that with anyone in the Word of God? What if they didn't do it? And you can go, oh, but God can use someone else. Yes, God can. God can use anybody. But God wanted to use him. Are you following me? Let's look at the crossroad. And what could have happened if Moses didn't take up the call? There are many debates in the scholar field, or so, uh, the, you know, those smart people, that smart people field, on <laughs> how many, <laughs> whatever they are called, scholars in the uh, well, is it scholars? Yeah, scholars in that field, there's many debates on how many people were, in, uh, were trapped in Egypt. Uh, many say uh, there's, there's like the small portion of people who believe there was only 30,000 in Egypt. But then there's massive portion of scholars who believe there was 2.4 million in Egypt. They make it, uh, they, the reason why they got up to 2.4 million is because they thought, um, they saw that there were 600,000 men not children and women. So they times that by four to make 2.4 million. That's how they came up with that. But they say, scholars say there were 2.4 million people, including women and children, in Egypt. And also, on top of that, Israel was, was enslaved for 430 years. It's in Exodus 12.40. I'll put scripture just in case you didn't know. Now the sojourn, or the length of time of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. So we have a people of 2.4 million enslaved for 430 years. If not Moses, is there a possibility that the people of God could have been enslaved longer because of one man saying no? If not Moses... 
Does that mean he chose not to help 2.4 million people because of his feelings and insecurities, even though God called him to it? Because if not you, then who? Though we know the end of the story, of Moses' story, we can still learn so much at the crossroad. The little decisions that we make today will affect us tomorrow. And there's a domino effect to your decisions. See, we live in a time where there are many Christians think it's okay not to fully commit to church. I'm aiming at church because I'm part of church. I'm part of the body. But there is a cost to their decision when you need to ask yourself, if I stop going to the church, who does that affect? Have you ever asked that question? If I stop going, who does that affect? Moses had 2.4 million people to count for. His decision to follow God had a nation to account for. This is what I want us to see. There was a nation involved to Moses' decision. And you know what? God has given you a sphere of influence where he has called you to be. But I want to ask us, are we too lazy? Are we too busy? And are we too busy making excuses? Because if not you, then who? What if you're the only Christian in your family? Have you thought about that? What if you're the only person who knows Jesus in your workplace? What if you're the only person in your friend's sphere that knows Jesus? And you chose not to take up a call because of your insecurities, even though God called you to be great. Are we okay? I put it like this. If I stop my relationship with Jesus, who gets affected? Everyone who's attached to me, this is me personally, everyone who's attached to me, and guess what? Especially my son. If I stop following Jesus, if I stop having a relationship with Jesus, it's not just you and whoever else is attached to me, my son gets affected. Because if church becomes an option to me, it will never be an option for my son. Because he's like, no, my dad never did it. If I stop everything I'm doing day to day, who gets affected? Me personally, my local community and wider communities get affected. Now, attach that to your life. What happens when you stop having a relationship with Jesus? Who gets affected? Because we've got to weigh up the cost. We can't just turn up to church and think it's okay and like sing songs and all this. But your life affects a whole generation behind you. Do we realize as uh, people that others get, affect, others get affected by our decisions that we make? And I'm not talking about dis- like life decisions. I'm talking about God decisions. Decisions like, should I go to church today? Should I go to connect group? Should I pray? Should I pray with my family? Should I read my word? Should I spend time with God? Because if not who, then who will do it? Are you okay? I'm really passionate about this. Because it's something that I've been going through the last few weeks, and I've been talking to my wife about it, just like just little comments I've been making to her. I'm just like, what if we stopped? And I'm like, not only a community will be affected, but everything attached to it will be affected. So it's selfish for me for not taking up the call. So if not you, who? 
See, there are many stories in the Word of God that show a crossroad, crossroad where a person had to make a decision. You look at the story of David, he had to make a decision when he came and saw his brothers. The decision to either get into the ring with Goliath or not. He had to make a decision. Job had to make a decision. He chose to keep following Jesus, even though everything, uh, everything around him started pushing him down. He lost his family, lost everything, but he still chose to surrender to God because he knew what it affected afterwards. Jonah was the same. Gideon, being in, in, in a wine press, the same thing. There was a crossroad that men and women of God had to take whether or not to follow the call or leave a generation behind. And I know, like, I can't say Christians, but the church today, we overuse the word grace and love. We overuse, like, oh, but it's the grace of God. You know, God loves us. He does love you. There is grace over your life. But if we don't step into a position where God wants us, then there will be a people behind us that gets affected by our decisions. I put it like this, and I only relate this to me because... Um, I don't want to be mean and point out anybody, you know, but I want to be related to me. I can't quit on hills because there's a people I'm responsible for. I can't quit on God because there's a people I'm responsible for. I can't not turn up to church. Have you ever thought about it? Like, the pastor has to be there, but I don't. Oh, no, this is just, just me? Okay. I can't, turn up, I can't not turn up to church because there's a people I'm responsible for. I can't not spend time with God. I have to spend time with God. Why? Because there's a people I'm responsible for. And you know what? If the people of God comes to the realization that committing to God with everything and just doing it beyond themselves, then we have people living out their core more rather than just attending church, attending connect group. They actually be living their core. Because if not you, who? Have you ever thought, of, like, I, I always think this, what if me, Darren, Jamaica, we didn't turn up on Sunday? What would happen? Have you ever thought about it? Like, what if the pastors didn't turn up? What if the setup team didn't come and turn up? Have you thought about it? What if the people who set up the Sunday service every, every Sunday faithfully and you just turn up to church and nothing's set up. You're like, oh, is it just today? Our people get affected by our decisions. And we as Christians kind of get selfish in a way where we don't even realize that our life actually affects others' lives. Because you know what? God never calls a person to do something for themselves but for others. The call of God is not for you but for someone else. If anyone in life tells you, oh, God's given me this gift for me, it's not true. God is not the person who just gives a gift to Fernando and it stays with Fernando. The gift that God places on Fernando is for a gift for a people, a people that Jordan can't encounter. Why? Because it's called your people. A people for Lair. I can't go into Lair's sphere of influence because that's his people that God's called him to. But what happens when Lair stops coming? The people that he was called to gets disregarded because if not him, then who? Matthew 
Imagine, Louise, if you weren't working in your, your space, space of influence, doing what you do every day, being fit. <laughs> you know? What if you stopped doing the call of your life for the people in your sphere of influence? I can't, I can't go there. If I walk into that room and try to like, share Jesus, they'd be going, who's this guy? This guy's a nutcase. But if you did, there's power in it. Why? Because it's the people that God's called you to. And a lot of the times we think our workplace that we're in, that's not our people that God's called us to, but it is. Because you're there for a reason. You're not there for accident. You may hate the job, but for some reason God's called you there. I've hated many, many jobs. And my, my job I hated the most was Bunnings. But you know what? God taught me how to pastor through Bunnings. How to love people through Bunnings. How to accept people through Bunnings. Why? Because people have... Builders are the worst. Builders have the foulest mouth in the world. But for some reason, God showed me how to love people through Bunnings. Even though I hated it, I saw it's the people that I'm called to, Bunnings. That was my time then. But where are you now? God's called you to a sphere of people that no one else can influence. If you're on the crossroad or you're like, I need to make a decision to commit to Jesus and to the things of God, then today's the day. I see there are people in here at a crossroad. Maybe all of us, maybe some of us, or even one of us, but we're at a crossroad in life where God's like, are you willing to take up the call? Just like Moses in Exodus 3. Can we bring that up, Exodus 3? Come therefore and I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. This is not a maybe. Can you, can you see that? This is not, this is, he's telling Moses, it's not a maybe or it might happen. He's saying, this is going to happen if you come now. Come now, therefore, and I'll send you. So if, you, if God says something over our lives, it's not a maybe, it's a guarantee. When God calls you to something, it's a guarantee. It's not a, oh, you may fulfill it, or you may do it. No, he wants you to do it, and he's equipped you to do it. He's going to send you. But then can we go to the next verse 11? But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? How many of us in here are at this crossroad to say, who am I to go back to church? Who am I to go and serve? Who am I to, to be a sphere of influence in my workplace? I don't know. Who am I? Who has those questions in their heart? You don't have to put your hand up. I say it in your heart. Do I have those, do I have those thoughts? Who am I? Because Moses was at a crossroad of his life and saying, yeah, I heard what you said, but I just don't believe it yet. And because I don't believe it, I'm not going to do it. But we know the end of the story, Moses does do it. But imagine if Moses didn't do it. Imagine if you are the only person in your family who knows Jesus and you stopped. Who gets affected? This is not a telling off for us this morning. This is not anything else other than to realize your life has a domino effect and every decision that you make has a domino effect. You coming to the church affects others. Church is not an option for me, personally. It's not an option. I have to be there. Me and my wife, we say it all the time. We're like, man, I wish we had an option just to not be at church, but we have to be there. And even if we weren't the pastors, even when my parents were pastoring, we were the same. We have to be there. 
Because we're not there just to only be part of the church, but we're there to serve my parents at the time. Because if not us, then who? But imagine if each and every one of us carry the same mentality. Okay, if not me, then who? Can I have the keys? I just really sense many of us have to just make the decision and go, oh God, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. And if you're scared, you're in the right place. <laughs> scared. I don't know why people think being scared is not a God thing. It's a feeling that God gave you. You know, like you are supposed to be scared about some things. I get scared all the time when it comes to leading this house because I'm like, God, on my own, I can't do it. But with you, I can. And with a team, I can. You know? And so being scared of your core is not, it's not, it's not the hard part. The hard part is saying, God, I'm going to go with the core even though I'm scared. Because if not me, then who? I remember, I'll tell you the story of my son. I only know that me and my wife are doing well. It's not from anyone's praise, but what I see from my son. You guys with me? The only time I know me and my wife are doing well, it's not from anyone praising us, but I see it through my son and what he does. And we, we had my son's birthday, and um, he had some money, and he brought his cousin. We went out to time zone, went to warehouse, whatever. And the money that he had was for him to spend on his gifts, whatever he wants. And then he's like to his mom and then to me afterwards, he's like, I want to buy my cousin a gift just for coming today. And in my mind, I was like, hmm. That's your money. <laughs> it's for your birthday. But he's, well, he was adamant. He was like, no, no, I'm going to do it. I was like, okay, sweet days, no problem. And so he told his cousin to go with my wife um, to another uh, side of the store so we can go look for a gift. And I was trying to look for a gift like $5, $10, you know. And, and I found a $20 gift, and we're like, yeah, yeah, that one. And he's like, okay, okay. And then I saw his cousin run over to the, um, all the toys and that. And this, his cousin attached to this toy that was close to triple the price in my hand. And um, he gets me a lot. Because there's a domino effect. When we commit our lives to Jesus, I have to realize, and you have to realize, there's a people desperate for Jesus. And if you don't take up your call, you leave a people without knowing Jesus. And so my son, he saw her grab this toy, and she walked away. And then I walked away. I was like, come on, son, let's go. 
And he turned around and he grabbed the toy. And he's like, Dad, swap. I was like, son, that's triple the price. You're going to use the majority of your money. He's like, nah, swap. I saw that she liked it, and I want to gift that to her. And I was like, are you sure, son? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, your mom always teach me kindness. And to give to people. So now every time we go to Countdown and we see people who need food, he walks out with a shopping bag with me. Because he's like, Dad, we have to give. If I stop, what else do I stop? And the reason why I'm passionate about this today, if not you, who? Is because we have so many people, believers, not truly taking up their core, but just turning up to service. God has called more than the pastor of the church to change the world. He's called the saints to go into the world. And when I saw my son do this act of kindness, I saw there right then what me and her do on a daily basis affects him. And it made me realize there's a bigger picture to my son. That Hills is affected by everything that we do. If I can come to this place, I believe each and every one of us can come to this place. If you don't take up your position where God has called you, who gets affected by your decision? Because if we just look at Moses, there were 2.4 million people on his side of influence who could have got affected if he didn't take up the call. And I'm not saying we're gonna, I'm, I don't have 2.4 million people, people by my side, but I do have a people. And each and every one of us have a people of influence that God's called us to. If you don't take up the call, is that selfish of you for not taking up the call? Think about it. Am I being selfish even though God called me to do it? Because I can tell you, I was being selfish all my days of my life before I met my wife. I was selfish and using the call of God in my life for my own agenda. Using the gift of music and worship to gift myself. It's the truth. Pastors can get in the same trap. Speaking at every place, getting paid a lot of money to speak at places when the gospel should be free. You know, this morning God wants to, he wants to open your eyes to see the possibilities of the here and now. He wants to release you into your core here and now. He wants you to bring freedom of your life here and now. He wants to release you here and now. He wants to remove the yuck and muck 
that you've been carrying over your life for some time here and now. He wants to take all the words people have spoken over your life that have crushed you and replace it with the words of life. The words that I see is that you are more than a conqueror. That's what he wants on your life. I see the words like you are the head and not the tail. I see words like you are his masterpiece. I see words like you are the apple of his eye. I see words like you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I see the words that you are not your past, but you are the decision that you make today. I see words like you have a hope and a future, because if not you, then who? You're good, bro. It's all right, Papa. If not you, who? You got to think outside more than your family because your family does get affected a lot. But then who's your family attached to? They get affected. That family attached to someone else, they get affected. There's this domino effect that takes place. But imagine, imagine each and every one of us Amen. <laughs> Imagine each and one of us taking up the call. Imagine. I can see it. I, I, I can see it. I can see people in here going, yep, I've been fluffing around, but I'm ready to take the call. I'm scared, <laughs> but I'm willing to take the call. When you take position, everything else slowly falls into line. When we take position. Fathers, take positions on your family. Me and my wife are heading 10 years next year. I can't believe it. 10 years. And one thing I've learned is the importance of fatherhood and where we position ourselves. Even motherhood. It's important too. Where you position yourself. So I don't look at the church to see whether my, me and my wife are healthy. I look at my son and how he's reacting. Because he's with us 24-7. <laughs> if my son starts doing all the swearing and doing all this other stuff, then I've got to start realizing something's wrong. But when I see my son, I see, I see a glimpse of what I could have done when I was a young person if I took up the call then. <laughs> he's just going to be a better version of me. <laughs> you know all those kids in there? If any of those are your children? They're going to be the better version of you. Everything that we didn't do well, they're going to do better. Why? Because we're taking up the core. And if you want to change the trajectory of your life, if you want to change where you're going, you can just first stand in your position and take the core, just like with Moses. I've called you to the people. Let's go rescue them and free them. Oh, no, 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 not me, Lord. Instead of saying, no, 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 not me, Lord, saying, okay, God, here I am. Use me. The famous words of Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Touch my lips, for I'm a sinful man. Everything I used to say was terrible. But can you touch my lips so they can say things of holiness? So why don't we close our eyes for a moment?
Is there anybody in this place? I just want to give that invitation before we um, carry on. Is there anybody in this place who has ever left Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, and wants to go, oh, I want to come back into relationship with him? With everyone now, our eyes are closed. I just want to ask you, if, if that's you this morning, you want to go, yeah, I want to accept the Lord as my Savior. I want to rely my life back to him again. If that's you this morning, can you just raise your hands where you are before we go to the next part? Cool. Even though no one raised their hand, we're going to pray this prayer anyway. Because the hand doesn't bring salvation. It's your heart and faith towards God. So we're going to say this prayer together. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and make me new. I don't want to live my old ways. But show me your way. I acknowledge that you died and rose again for me. I am free. I'm forgiven. I'm your masterpiece. I'm chosen for this very moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand this morning. Even if you didn't raise your hand this morning and you prayed this prayer and you believed in your heart that prayer, you're saved. There's nothing you need to do. No more requirements other than to believe that Jesus is Lord. Now I want to ask you to close your eyes one more time. And in this moment, I'm speaking to anyone who got spoken, like you feel like God spoke to you this morning, you're like, if not me, then who? Well, you haven't taken up the call and you're like, you've been trying to push it aside and go, no, no, God, someone else, or no, no, God, another time, or no, no, I'm too busy. Let me tell you, today's the day. Here and now is the moment. God's not calling for people from, for later, but he's calling people today. And so if that's you this morning, you're like, man, I've got to take up this call. I've got a family to think of and a generation to think of. I've got to stop being selfish for myself. I'm saying this because I said this to myself. And if that's you this morning, can I just ask you to stand where you are? If that's you this morning, just stand. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to keep uh, this moment up. You're making a stand today saying, yeah, if not me, then who? And then you're saying, yeah, I'm going to be that person. I want to stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over each person that is standing up. Father, they're making a decision today to say, God, here I am. Use me. Yes, I've made excuses. Yes, I've been trying to be, keep busy and trying to do other things. But in this moment, they're saying, God, I'm here. I want to be used. And I want to go into your core and your position in them right now. And so, Father, I pray right now. I just pray for a release right now over them. I pray, Lord, Father, whatever you've called them to do, whatever sphere of influence you've placed them, I declare a release and a fresh anointing upon each and every one of their lives. 
that Lord Father, that, that not only them will be changed, but every person they come into contact with, Lord Father, will be blessed and changed because of your presence that's around them. And so, Father, everywhere they stand, they'll be blessed. Everything they touch will be multiplied and that your presence will follow them for the rest of their days. Father, we thank you for the call over each, every person right now standing. And we just want to honor you and glorify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All God's people say, amen, amen. Give God a hand this morning. If not you, who? We've got to see life more than ourselves, but see it for a people or a generation God's called you to. And so, Father, I just thank you for your word. And I pray that you continually speak to us throughout the service and throughout this week. I pray anything that has been distracting us, anything that has been pulling us away from you, I pray, Lord God, that, that, that we'll be more aware of it and that things will change in our lives. I pray that you open our eyes to see the things that you want us to see and open our ears to hear what you want us to hear. And so, Father, we stand firm and we, stand, and we um, look upon to you, Lord. And we just ask that you continue to have your way in our lives, in our family's lives. I pray a blessing upon every person in this house. In the name of Jesus, amen.